Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. Now, while the current lockdown restrictions are in place until at least the 5th of May, and it is really interesting, even you heard it this morning on Live 95 News with Gillian, to hear the back and forth debate going on about what exactly will happen after the 5th of May. Uh, The government's position is uh, we will have a plan and we will let people know it will be a very slow process. But there seems to be a lot of worry that in some countries where they have lifted restrictions, they're getting a second wave of COVID-19, which is uh, something that we would desperately want to avoid. Um, But social distancing of one sort uh, or another is going to be with us for quite a long time, even if there is an easing of some restrictions. And the Irish Pedestrian Network and Cyclist.ie, they're calling on the government to provide safe, usable space across the country for people to shop, exercise and commute by walking and cycling during the COVID-19 crisis. And we're joined on the line by Ailish Drake uh, of the Limerick Pedestrian Network and Connor Buckley of the Limerick Cycling um, Network. And good morning to both of you. How are you doing? Um, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Connor, uh, I know uh, this is close enough to where I live myself um, within the two kilometres and all of that there's one cyclist and I'd say he is the most frustrated cyclist in Limerick um, at the moment he's doing everything right and he's cycling where he should be uh, but people and to some extent it's because of worries about physical distancing are using both the path and the cycleway to keep apart from each other that, of course, means they're in his way and he is doing his best. And I've seen a, a number of episodes involving this particular individual. Now, uh, he has the bell. He has everything you would hope that he would have. But unfortunately, people have their earphones in or they don't hear him or whatever. And honestly, I think the man's head is about to explode. He's getting angrier and angrier. And it's probably a small example of why we're trying to get a balance here. This is exactly it, Joe. It's, it's, you know, there's, we're creating unnecessary conflicts. There's loads of space out there. Space isn't at the usual demands that it is. We just need to reallocate it and use it differently so we can facilitate people. And I would even say, go. we should encourage people to be coming out and walking and cycling. At the moment, there's just not enough space there for, walk, for pedestrians, for cyclists. They're all being pushed together and being pitched against each other. You hear uh, pedestrians giving out about runners and runners giving out about cyclists and everyone's getting too close and it's getting a bit hot. Um, you know, really, we just need to reallocate space temporarily, yeah. try some things out, see what works. Um, you know, I'm looking out on, on, on Clancy Strand now. There's people walking up and down there like it's a Saturday. When it does come to Saturday and the weekends, the place is packed. There's people walking up and down. That is great. We want we want people to come out. We want people. It's good for their mental health. It's good for, for, for them to go out and see their neighbours, walk up and down the river, walk around the river, walk around by the castle, walk up across the bridges. But it's just not safe, you know, and the older people are deterred by it. They, they come across a group of people talking and they can't walk past them, so they go home, you know. So we just need to, to, to look at how we are allocating our space in this time and see can we um, allocate our space in a more holistic way. We're not talking here about traffic. We're not talking about road systems. We're talking about public health and how we can encourage people out of their houses in this difficult time. You know, the 5th of May, I heard your previous discussion there. 
you know, we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. You know, the 5th of May, we might see some eases, but, you know, we're all going to be walking. This is going to be a summer of staycations. People are going to be in the city. People want to promote local business. Let's make it easier for them to get out there, walk around the city, be healthy, be positive. The weather, thankfully, is glorious, so it's a really good time to try these things out and, you know, just see what we can do with the city. And Ailish Drake, uh, what about this pilot scheme? There's been a bit of commentary on it on social media over the last couple of days uh, that uh, Limerick City and County Council are trying. It's the loop uh, from Sarsfield Bridge along the Keys Boardwalk, across Shannon Bridge and onto O'Callaghan Strand. And uh, members of the public are being asked to stay safe, stay right, R-I-G-H-T, by walking on the footpaths on the right-hand side of the road in whatever direction they are travelling. Uh, and then there are some um, symbols placed on footpaths uh, to give people a sense of what two metres apart is. Now, mind you, there's been some criticism that apparently it's not two metres. Yeah, uh, Joe, yeah, I think um, like, look, the attention is good. I mean, it's good that the, that the local authority are starting to think about uh, how they might uh, make things easier for people. And I suppose the intention is that, yeah, if everybody, everybody walks in the same direction, that you'll have less people passing each other out. But I suppose the, the, what, we're, what we're seeing is that there still isn't actually enough uh, space. So, as you said, the, the uh, markings on the, on the footpaths are showing two metres. So it probably was just an intention to remind people to keep two metres. But it is very misleading because people will think, oh, yeah, this footpath is uh, wide enough for two people to walk abreast. And it actually isn't. So I think um, I suppose it's no harm that this discussion has started because at least we can see now that the footpaths aren't wide enough. Um, for example, even if people are all walking in the same direction, and as the local authority said themselves, if you have to overtake someone, you actually you have to step out onto the road to do that. Now I know they're arguing that the roads are quieter and there's less traffic, so people can do that and they'll be facing the traffic so they see it. But to be honest, that's all completely unnecessary. Uh, when we have all the space to give over anyway to walking. So um, I think that the, the local authorities should go back and have a bit of a rethink about what they're doing there. I think they've made a start, OK, make people walk in the one direction, but now let's give people a, a, a bit more space to do it. Um, it starts and what great. would you say to people, Eilish, who might resent that uh, being pushed on them? The idea, well, if you do the three bridges, for example, you do it in one direction only. Um, I think because it's a loop, I don't think it's such a huge ask to ask people to do it in one direction only. It will actually make it easier for people. But it doesn't work in most situations. So, okay, the three bridges is a loop, but we need to provide space all over the city, into the suburbs, and uh, even the rural towns and villages need to have space. So walking on the on the right side of the road isn't going to work forever. So if you're doing your loop and it's a leisure walk and you're going back to the same point, that's fine. If you're going to work, if you're going to the shop, um, if you're, you know, if you're commuting in general, you can't follow those rules because it's not a loop. You're crisscrossing uh, streets, and as it was pointed out there in yesterday on Twitter, that the the sign was say was uh, on Starfield Bridge was put right in the middle of the bridge, so that you were halfway down the bridge before you realised you should be walking on the other side. Um, and I think the the carriageways are quite wide on Starfield Bridge anyway. So you, you, when you get up as far as uh, your turn for Kansas Strand, it actually turns into three lanes. There's no reason why you couldn't actually widen the footpath there and either give uh, a space for the cyclist, a cycling lane, or make the footpath wider. So I think they just need to think about it um, in a much more ambitious way 
um, in terms of providing providing more space rather than trying to provide direction or rules for people. Right. We're chatting to Ailish Drake of Limerick Pedestrian Network and Connor Buckley of the Limerick Cycling Network. So, Connor, do you see this as a reallocation of the physical resource of space that Frankly, there are fewer cars and vehicles on the road at the moment and we have an opportunity to give over more of that space to cyclists and pedestrians. Absolutely. Um, Dublin have done this already. We, you know, Dublin started doing this on Monday. They agreed to it last week on NASA Street. They're putting in a contraflow cycle lane. They're taking over car parking spaces and they're turning them in. They're widening the footpath into the car parking spaces. When you go up to O'Connor Street today, you'll see that most of the car parking spaces are empty. Uh, they started to fill up again in the last week or two where people aren't using the multi-storey car parking spaces. People that usually come into the city centre to maybe work aren't using the multi-storey car parking spaces. But when you go around the streets in the evenings today and you're on Catherine Street, William Street, Rota Street, Henry Street, they're empty, you know? So let's take a lane of traffic off Henry Street, for instance. Let's take a lane of traffic off William Street and just put what, what's called orchids or wands. You put these orchids are like little rubber kind of um, moles the size of a big hedgehog. You, they, you, you, you stick a nail into the ground and they sit on top of that kind of um, heavy industrial nail and they sit there and you can take them up as quick you know so it's a temporary measure you try things you explore them you see where people are walking you see where we want to get people to and from even as the measures start to lift there's going to be reluctance for people to get back onto buses in close proximity to people so all the people who use public transport you're going to see them walking you're going to see them on bikes so you know we're heading into the summer let's try a few different measures and see what works and um, you know in cities all over Europe and even in the US trialing and uh, testing things in a low-cost way is a really good way of getting a sense of how your city works and where people want to walk and where people want to cycle. It's a really good opportunity to to, to, to roll out a bit of those trials right. and see, see uh, how we can get people to, to interact with the city in a different way. Eilish, is there local political support for this? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. I mean, um, I think we heard earlier in the week that the local councillors, uh, at, at least 10 of them, signed... Um, uh, a letter to send into uh, sent to the to the executive requesting a number of measures, and they outlined. And one of them was in relation to providing more space around the, the three bridges loop, but other other um, ideas as well. Um, so they they came together. That was uh, I think Fianna Fáil, the Green Party, um, Labour, uh, Sinn Féin, and um, and Fianna Gael have made their own submissions. So as far as I know, the majority of the councillors are very much behind uh, this, um, you know, giving people more space. So I suppose there, there seems to be a little bit of reluctance from from the executive. Um, so it might be just that the expertise might not be in the local authority because they're used to dealing with traffic and roads and they're not so much thinking about pedestrians and cyclists. But is there also a fear, perhaps, that if they make changes now, reversing those changes uh, when uh, traffic volumes return to something closer to normal could be really difficult? Yeah, I think, I mean, that, that is a fear. And I suppose what we need to think about now is that when we go back to normal in inverted commas, it's going to be a new normal. Like, things are going to change. This, you know, it's not like this is going to last for six weeks and bang, we're back and we're all back to work. Um, it's going to go on for, for months. It could be next year before we see the country back the way it used to be. And when that goes back, it won't go back to the way it was for the day, you know, that the shutdown came in in March. It's going to be a new, you know, it's, it's going to be a new type of uh, of normal. So, for example, if you do put up in the path of cycling, 
and you do give more space, maybe they'll maybe people will continue to cycle. Maybe they'll continue to walk to their commute. Maybe maybe when children go back to school, the space will be there for them to actually cycle to school. Um, maybe children who normally don't uh, aren't used to cycling will will have to spend the whole summer cycling around in their local estate. And then it's something that's much more, it's a new normal for them. I have to say, I, I am surprised at how busy Limerick is with uh, vehicular traffic at the moment. Um, certainly there's been an increase in it from what I can see. And because of, of, of the job I'm doing, I'm in and out um, every day. And um, I'm seeing um, a, a big jump in that over the last few days. And we were actually asking on Live95's Facebook uh, do you think uh, people are still adhering to social distancing or have we got complacent? And Mike says, um, as uh, I provide an essential service to industry, I am lucky enough to be still working. When the lockdown started, the roads were extremely quiet and that was helped with the Garda checkpoints. Now, a lot more cars are on the road locally, Joe, and I don't see the Garda checkpoints to the same extent. I see a marked increase in traffic and people moving around and I feel that it's unnecessary in a lot of cases. There uh, doesn't seem to be queues at the shop anymore and there are a lot more people out for sure um, I'd agree with that, we definitely, we're definitely seeing that on the streets alright you know and it's kind of ironic when we've left traffic on the street and um, you know while the majority of motors are very courteous to pedestrians as they step out onto the footpath to overtake them and there are some drivers out there that see the open roads as, as a race course or somewhere that they can drive extremely fast and you know, so so it's kind of you know when we've less traffic on the road, the roads have actually become more dangerous for cyclists and for pedestrians doing those doing that step now. Just for that small group of motorists who are who are driving in that kind of reckless way. Before we get into that, I just I want to bring Irish in on this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you think that this is becoming a really serious dilemma for the government? Because unfortunately, and I think there may even be an admission, if not publicly, then behind the scenes, there was some poor messaging over last weekend and led to a lot of confusion um, uh, among um, people listening to this show and in general, what exactly was going to happen, what restrictions were going to be lifted, when are we going into an easier time. But also there is a growing frustration um, with people's freedoms being necessarily curtailed. And how, how are we going to manage this incredibly difficult situation now? Yeah, I mean, I think, Joel, yeah, probably people did kind of think, you know, the 5th of May, you know, things will go back to normal and maybe people are becoming a little bit more complacent. People are getting tired of being, you know, locked in as well, um, and especially the older generation who can't move outside their house at all. So I thought that's why, um, I think that's why we really do need to take this seriously, because if if, if we say, you know, my parents-in-law who, who live in Limerick and they want to go for a walk, um, you know, they need to be safe for them to do that. They need, you know, they can't be afraid to leave their houses because this could have a very, you know, difficult impact on, you know, big impact on people's mental health. If A, they can't get out, or B, if they get out and they're afraid to get out because the people, the footpaths are too narrow. So we need to address it because people are going to have to get out. You can't keep people locked up until next August, next September. Children need to get out. Um, and that's why it was the, the pedestrian network and SFSI came together on this because we don't want it to be, oh, the pedestrians and the cyclists are pitted against each other. We want to say, look, everybody needs to get out and, and 
they, they need to be safe for everybody. And again, that's why we've gone to national government with it, because I think there needs to be policy from the top down, because uh, local authorities maybe don't feel they either have the, the skills or possibly the funding or possibly the resources to actually um, put these measures in place and to implement them. So I think it needs to come from the government. And um, as you said, yeah, a lot of the signals that they give out in the last couple of weeks maybe give people the idea that this will be shorter than it is. But now um, Simon Harris, saw him last night talking, he's trying to roll back in that a bit, like going, OK, measures will be tweaked, but they won't be that, that big of a change on the 5th of May. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it is interesting. There were lots of people, understandably at the time, looking for this total lockdown and, you know, pushing hard for uh, the Garda powers um, to support that. Um, and yes, it now appears that people have experienced that for a little while and have decided, hmm, it's not easy. And, you know, um, we, we take a lot of freedoms for granted in the country. And when you have them, you do. But when they're taken away, even for a good reason, it, it can really start to grate. Um, uh, Connor, I know you wanted to mention something else there. Yeah, just in Brussels uh, yesterday, they announced that they're bringing a 20-kilometer um, speed limit in across the city for the length of the summer. So they're bringing it in from the 1st of May until the end of, uh, end of August. Um, so that's, they see this as, as something they're going to be dealing with over the summer. They want to encourage their people to come out and use the city in a different way, in a social distances way. We're not going to be in pubs. We're not going to be in cafes. But let's get out for a walk and, and still enjoy our city. It's a beautiful weather. Let's facilitate that. Let's encourage that. This isn't just about facilitating the people who are walking on the footpath. It's about bringing people who are afraid to come out on the footpath, giving them a bit of space and giving them a bit of confidence that they can come out, walk around the city and, and kind of experience the river, experience the tide as it comes in and out, all the things that they, they that they love doing, you know, and that will make it a bit easier, you know. You know, we're going through a difficult time, but that will make it a bit easier. And we understand the council are under pressure. We understand that they're doing great work in their COVID response and, you know, that they have a lot of things on and, and you know, we're five weeks into this now, you know, so we kind of held back for a while hoping that something would happen. But we're five weeks into this now. Let's try some things. It doesn't have to cost the earth, you know. Let, let's just let's just see what we can do to, to, to encourage people out, you know. Well, Rachel has been in touch with us on 461995 to say, Joe, I've stopped going out for walks in Limerick City. Very few people are following social distancing guidelines now. They pass close by without a care in the world, whereas I go out of my way to keep my distance. It's just too stressful. Plus, these new lines that the council have drawn on the footpaths are not two metres apart. Um, and uh, somebody else then taking a slightly different view, um, uh, Tom, saying, just wondering there for cyclists, aren't the roads wide enough? My experience from walking with my wife, cyclists are cycling on the footpaths and not even in single file. They're cycling two abreast on footpaths, um, mum, dad and family in some case. It has to work both ways. The road is for cyclists and the path is for pedestrians, says Tom. Yeah. Can I come in there? Yeah, like I mean, I saw that as well in Anacotti where there was a bed and he's two kids cycling on footpath and there's a three-lane road. Because so it's just not safe for them to be on the road there. And it's really sad to see that the dad has to take his, you know, three-year-old on a bike on the footpath because there's no cycling infrastructure. That shouldn't happen. Like, the, that, you know, those areas need to be identified. And people, like, it's not just the city centre. It's Castle Troy, George Oil. Uh, Raheem, you know, Cardavan, uh, all of those areas have very, very wide road space. And you should be able to go out and cycle mum, dad and two kids on the road safely and not have to worry about a car coming flying up uh, behind you. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Thank you both very much uh, for raising those issues um, again. And uh, you know, it is an opportunity. I think some people would see it as to try some things, um, but it's always trying to get the balance right, isn't it, between cyclists, pedestrians and uh, those motorists who currently are not on the roads to the same extent, but uh, still there are people, obviously, who uh, need to get out. Uh, thank you to Ailish Drake uh, of Limerick Pedestrian Network and Connor Buckley of Limerick Cycling Network. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.